Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I can flirt in Arabic. I've definitely heard a, a couple of good like halal pickup lines. <laughs> the Arab American Cafe is a podcast by Arab Americans about America and Arabs everywhere. Hosted by Hassan and Muhannad, along with friends and cafe patrons. صار عنا الأوبورشنتي إنه نشوف اثنين من زملائنا اللي going to be doctors in the near future إن شاء الله they are you know representative of a lot of age group in terms of their opinion they they voice opinion تبعون loudly and clearly لأنهم they are engaged in the community نحن اليوم بالكافي مع ديما وملاك هاي جايز هاي هاو ار يو هاي سايس تو بي هير وات وير جوين تو كفر توداي از ذا يوث برسبكتيف اباوت اراب امريكا اند اراب امريكانز سو ليتس ستارت ويز يور برسبشن اوف اراب امريكانز ان سوسايتي وات از لايك سبيسيفيكلي هاو يو فيل اباوت ات ان يور اون سيركلز Yeah, I think that's a very good question. And I think we're all kind of a product of our own environment and our own upbringing. So, you know, me being raised around a lot of Arab American physicians, I do have a tendency to think that, especially the older generation, you know, they tend to be very hardworking, very driven, especially with all the work they did to kind of come to this country, find their residencies, their fellowships. And I can speak to that just seeing my dad and how he's worked as well. So that does come from like a personal experience. And I don't know if Madak has, has something else to say about it. No, I agree. I definitely agree that uh, they're hardworking, they're uh, driven, they're persistent. They've gone through so many obstacles and they are continually able to keep going. They don't really let anything stop them, which I think is an amazing perspective and a viewpoint to have on life. That if you ever want to accomplish anything, you just have to to see it and believe that you can have it and do it. In general, you can say that to uh, a lot of minorities, right? Meaning uh, when you are a minority, uh, you are trying to assert your uh, position in, in a new society. You want to try to justify why, you know, you deserve to be treated equally, etc. And then you come in with a lot of drive. In general, and I don't want to say this is exclusive to the Arab no, that wouldn't be fair, right? Yeah. So they are well, well intentioned, they are driven, they are hardworking. But probably what I'm interested in, and you know, I mean, we, we, we try to put the best spin on, on how, who we are, but uh, this, is, this is not, uh, this is biased because we're, we're self-reflecting. Wow, I look good today, right? But what I'm trying to understand, Yanni, from your angle, I mean, are we cultured enough? Are we open-minded enough? Are we old-fashioned? What are we? Yeah, that's a that's a very important question. I think, again, just speaking from personal experience, I think there's a lot of beautiful things about our culture and, you know, the emphasis we have on family and community. Do I think that there definitely is room for more open-mindedness? Of course. And I think that's something that a lot of the youth have been pushing amongst, you know, our family, you know, just older physicians and people that we've talked to. Um, and I know Malak and I actually were talking about this last night, is that there is a very big gap between, you know, how progressive we are versus how progressive the older generation is. 
Yes, I completely agree. And um, there, I think there's always room for growth and to learn more. And I think that's one thing the Arab community, the Arab Americans have is that uh, sometimes we're a little stubborn. We don't like to learn new things, but I think the younger generation is a little more open. Um, and I think there's always room to grow, always uh, something new to learn. So we, we as the older generation, or at least those of us that came from the old country versus you guys that were born here, we always have this uh, struggle between who we are, where we came from, and what we are now. And there's always this uh, fine line that we try to dance around and balance and all that. Um, but as you guys that, that do not have that... Uh, struggle um, what is it that people need to do in order to maybe uh, I wouldn't call it assimilation as much as you know meld you know I guess acculturation acculturation you know joining in that that we need to improve that image there, there is a lot of distorted images that are out there so what do we have to do to change that I guess I li- what I like about it, you're asking, yani masalan, I wish my parent would do this or would be that way or would behave in a... What would you wish for your parents or us, people close to the age of your parents, if not older in some cases? <laughs> what does it take for you not to be called a boater? <laughs> that's, that's what it is, basically. To be honest, this might be a hot take, but I almost don't even want that to change i think i like that that. (laughs) yeah i think there is something really wonderful about having you know parents and just family friends who are very different and who carry themselves a different way so i think it keeps things very lively in my life at least and other people so i don't think you know assimilating to the culture is necessary to the american culture fully is necessarily a great thing i think it is nice to be different No, I agree 100%. Um, I wouldn't wish anything different on my parents. I love how my mom has an accent when she speaks. I love how my dad keeps making funny jokes in Arabic. Um, It keeps the culture alive in the younger generation. And it's... Being in the U.S., especially for me, I don't have many family in the U.S., and so having... um, Like, living in a city where there is a large Arab American population having voters or people who aren't completely assimilated um, is very nice because I I feel at home. I feel in a community that I belong and I feel like we shouldn't need to assimilate. We need to have our individualism and enjoy the things that make us different because if we look like everyone else, if we talked like everyone else, and if we acted, life wouldn't be as interesting. How do we keep things interesting? We're loud, we're partying, like even just our zhao, like when we sit with people, like you can figure out how you're related to like 17 different people in a room. Everyone's your amma, your khalto, your cousin, and you just feel so close to everyone. Everyone feels like family. So we we should keep the falafel in a, in the flavor of the hamburger. Oh, yes, in the flavor of the hamburger. Yeah. I wonder um, in your circles probably there are plenty of non non Arab American, and um, and um, I, I cannot you know and 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 my circles they're much older of course and they are more professionals and uh, they're very well 
measured when they talk to me. I wonder in the, you know, in the environment that you're in, what is the perception of Arab Americans, Arabs in general, and Arab Americans? I mean, have you encountered any, uh, I'm not saying an odd situation, uh, you know, the, the situation where you kind of guess this is what they're going to say. Uh, it could be good or bad, I don't know. I haven't experienced it as much with my peers. I think there is kind of a tendency to be more open-minded with our generation, even amongst people who aren't Arab-American. I have experienced um, certain opinions from maybe preceptors or um, patients even who I've spoken to who have certain opinions of the Arab population, which is interesting because they don't know I'm Arab because I look... I white pass. Um, so it's interesting to hear their opinions. In opinions, it's not always the best, but um, yeah, that's been my experience so far. Is just hearing different opinions on the Arab group. Not necessarily that I love it, but you know, it happens. Yeah, for for me in elementary school and middle school, I was surrounded by a lot of Arabs. So, um, and even my a lot of my teachers were Arabs. So I didn't really have many struggles or any. Um, comments or anything. When I got to high school, I went to a Catholic private high school, and I was one of very few Arab. And there were a lot of conceptions, like misconceptions, that like Arab are strict, and especially as um, a young woman, my parents wouldn't let me do many things. Like My college counselor assumed that my parents wouldn't let me move out of the house or go away to college. And she's like, oh, like, you'll stay in state. Like You'll go to university near home. And I'm like, maybe, but my parents aren't, aren't going to let anything stop me from getting the education that I want and that I deserve. My parents have always raised me and my siblings to be very strong individuals. And um, people always have this misconception, especially with women, um, hot of women, that uh, we're very oppressed we can't do anything we can't leave but that isn't really the case i see so many um out of women from all age groups that have accomplished so much and they're such strong individuals and i'm very thankful to have those kind of role models in my life um because without them it would be easier to believe what everyone else tells me that i can't move away i can't do all these amazing things um and even uh, in high school with a lot of my peers, if I spoke Arabic in the hallway talking to my mom, if she's going to pick me up, people would turn around and look scared. They're like, oh my God, like, what is this person speaking? And um, it was very weird. But once I got to college, there was a lot more diversity. And um, it was just nicer because even with non-Hadobs, I was able to connect with uh, other children of immigrants. And my friends from Nigeria, we relate to so many things. And it's funny because she's from Nigeria, I'm from Lebanon, but we still connected and we still had, uh, we're able to find a sense of community with one another. So you, you just spoke about the uh, importance of, you know, communicating in your native uh, tongue. And, and I assume both of you can manage or, or at least you have some degree of, of um, uh, competency in, in Arabic language. How was that growing up and, and how did you, how were you able to maintain that and, and did you have to, uh, I know that the worst thing that um, young children have to do is go to Sunday school and Saturday school where everybody is enjoying their, their uh, vacation and, and people are going to learn uh, Arabic. So, so how was your experience with that? So I was actually one of those who went to Saturday school every week. Um, we had a lot of fun though. I had all my friends there and that's where we learned to speak Arabic, but 
also like when we used to go to Surya every summer, you know, we would spend one or two months there. And that was like Arabi boot camp. Like you had to learn. I would come back to the US only speaking Arabi, forgetting how to speak English. Like so I think that was a really big part of us learning how to like speak in Arabi and just like learning I think even more about just the culture. Um so that's something I kind of wish for future generations to be able to have those experiences as well and kind of keep that going. I agree. When I was younger, my parents put me in Arabic school, but um I would cry a lot. Didn't want to go, so they they felt bad, so they pulled me out. Um to all the parents out there, this may sound harsh, but if your kids want to leave, don't let them leave. Like I wish I stayed. <laughs> let them they'll appreciate it more in the future, trust me. Um but at home like with my mom I speak Arabic so that's one thing that really kept the language alive is that I speak Arabic with my mom all the time um and it's funny I speak English with my dad and that's how my siblings and I are we speak Arabic here and there but for some reason we just speak English with him and similar to Dima my whole uh, extended family lives in Lebanon so we used to go every summer for like 3 months and uh yeah really immersing myself in the language with my family uh was great but it's funny cuz every time I go and I'm 19 years old so I've been going for 19 years my family there always thinks i don't speak arabic they try to speak to me in like like english and like out of easy and it's like i don't understand what they're saying like just talking in arabic like i understand it um but i'm so thankful for the language because there's so many different ways i can express myself in arabic that you can english and uh yeah so keep your kids in arabic school <laughs> You know, I uh, for a while my, my one of my boys thought, or actually both of my boys didn't know that I knew Arabic, uh, I knew English. So they would say something to me in in, in English, and I say, "What are you talking about? I don't understand you." So they had to speak to me in in Arabic until they discovered that I knew English. But it's very easy to um, to uh, s- switch uh, to English uh, s- for us when you want to communicate quickly with your children. So that's probably what's going on with your dad, right? Yeah, and and only boot camps work. Nothing else works, yeah. right? <laughs> so so hello, uh, my my question to you, both of you, um, what what words or expression in Arabic that you could think of that does not make sense? This one is, I think it's going to be a little hard to explain. but it's kind of just the way you like pronounce it i guess like you can ask someone oh anna bed la ma anna or like uh, oh mama i bought bed le ma anna bel bet like you use the ma like yes we have no we don't and i was explaining this to my mom and she was so confused and there's been so many times where um I will like re- hear my mom speak or my cousins and I'm like does that doesn't even make any sense but that was the first one that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking of like all the threats I got like as a child. <laughs> like hatakli atla. I'm like what is that? Like how does that make sense in English when you translate it? Um No, it's always funny. Like um yeah, those are like the ones I think of and I'm just like the threats don't make sense when you translate them to English, but they're really funny when you do. Yeah. So Those are mine. Actually, not on. I'm going to break your head. How about Bernie? I mean, how is that a good thing if you want to, you know, bury somebody? Bernie, Meshi, for instance, my son tells me, "How is Meshi means okay? Meshi means walking. How can it be okay? <laughs> right? Uh, all right." Uh, I guess um, you know the, the one other thing that I was wondering is. Um, 
um, you being both uh, ladies, I'm sure your, your mom wanted to make sure that you're very knowledgeable at preparing meals and cooking and all that stuff. That's the assumption. It doesn't have to be the reality, and I'm not saying it should be. I'm just asking, do you know how to cook? And if so, what do you know? I actually... Um, I'm like my mom's assistant for Azayim, so I learned I learned how to cook with her. Um, do I have time to cook in medical school? Not always. Um, but yeah, I honestly, like, I feel like whenever there is like a Azim and I have to like learn how to cook Arabi food, I just kind of jump in and do I do it as well as her? No, not even close, but yeah, I feel like I've learned an assortment of things. I've learned some things. I've been vegan for two years, so a lot of the food I make is, is vegan. Um, that was definitely a shock to my parents when I told them I wanted to go vegan. Um, but they've been very supportive. My dad comes up with really cool... He made me vegan kibbeneye, which is really fun. And then my mom and I, we've made vegan kefta together. And, uh, yeah, there. I want to learn more yechane. I love bamye. I love uh, uh, lubye. Uh, fasulia, fasulia harida, I love those foods and I, I really want to learn how to make them. Uh, but I, I need to learn. I definitely need to learn. I don't want to lose that because it's so fun to eat like your own food, especially when you go to Middle Eastern restaurants. It's like what, like fatouche, hummus, baba ganoush, tabule, and then some type of jej or like lahme. Whereas you can't eat the yakhane or like kibbeneye at like restaurants. So I definitely want to um, make sure I learn how to cook those. So when I live on my own, I'm able to keep 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 those happy meals. I I guess that's that's a uh, new uh, field of, of a vegan Arab where, yeah. where uh, the the most uh, celebrated thing is meat in, in Arab cooking. But um, I certainly would love to try you your uh, dishes, ladies. Um, uh, love. Love in uh, the Arab culture can take so many different turns. Um, do you see yourself able to flirt in Arabic? Do, do you see yourself like living the love story with an Arab? Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I can flirt in Arabic. I've definitely heard a, a couple of good like halal pickup lines. Um, <laughs> my favorite is Masha Allah. Allah gave you everything except for my number. That one's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I think I always love reading Arabic poetry. I think the way that we express ourselves in Arabic is beautiful. And if I'm ever able to live that Arabic love story, I'd love to. If I could have someone write poetry about me, I'd be more than happy. <laughs> but um, I definitely... I've never flirted in Arabic. Um, I don't know what I would do if someone flirted with me in Arabic. Uh, but how, what's your take on this, Dima? All I know is what I see on the Arabi soap operas. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been flirted with an Arabi. I don't I might laugh. <laughs> like I don't know any pickup I need to learn pickup lines, not to be. I think that's my next project. <laughs> don't tell my parents that. But. Yeah, that should be that should be a project. A person your age should know this stuff. I mean, come on, they may be trying to say something nice and then here you are, you're walking by and you don't even get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Alright, so on a serious note now, um, can you name uh, oh, oh, you know, some famous uh, well-known Arab-American public figure or politician? Uh, I, I mean, I, I know who you're going to say because I know everybody's infatuated with Abdul. Uh, 
So let's just skip Abdul. <laughs> Anybody else you can think of? <laughs> Does Feruz count? Is she? No, no. No. <laughs> no, no, she's not. I was joking. Oh, I was thinking, because I started hearing Arab, and I was like, I was thinking, uh, oh, I love uh, Feris Karam, and I was like, wait, wait, we need a public figure. So, um, there's Abdullah Hamoud. I think of Rashida Tlaib. Oh, yes, yes. And then um, in, uh, in my city, there's... Uh, a woman, her name is Susan Dabaja. She ran for mayor, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I love her. She does so much for the community, and uh, it's nice to have her as a role model model in the city. There are definitely a lot. I'm, I mean, we covered a good amount that I was familiar with. Um, I was gonna go with Abdullah Sayed because, of course, he's such a big name. But yeah, no, there are a lot of really, really good ones who have been big advocates, and I think have inspired a lot of the youth to kind of push a little harder against, you know, minor disparities and, you know, advocate for other Arab Americans. Moving forward, um, again, those that, that are our generation that come from the old country feel that if we get involved in politics or in the system or in government, it's kind of like we're betraying what we believe in. However, I personally believe that the only way to change the system is to change it from within. So what is your take on getting involved and and should you highlight your identity as Arab American to get into the system or should you be completely American and try to uh, work from within versus um, maybe running on an Arab American platform? I think that's a very, very interesting question. And I actually do a lot of work with civic engagement and redistricting within uh, the city of Dearborn. And I feel a lot of Arab, um, Arab Americans don't feel like their voice is heard. They don't feel the need to vote. They don't feel that it's going to make any change. And I wholeheartedly believe that you need to be the change you want to see. And you can't just be complacent in how things are. Like, if we want to make a change, we got to work for it. And I believe that we need to stay true to our identity as Arab Americans and I don't think that we should be completely American and try to work from within. We should head straight in with this, with our priorities and our beliefs because there are a lot of, like our structures are how do I want to frame this? I do work with a democracy building fellowship with Access, and we do a lot of things with the Take on Hate campaign, and we work towards um, raising the voices of Arab Americans, and we aren't heard on the uh, federal, state, or uh, like local. Like in Dearborn, we have a couple of Arab American on the um, on the city council, but. We need to be more involved, and we need to understand, we need to change how policies impact us and affect us. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do, and we should all be very confident that we can make the change, because we can't sit around for and keep waiting for someone else. you got to do it yourself. Yeah, that's a, this is something I've kind of grappled with a lot throughout my upbringing, I think. I was raised in the sense of, you know, like, focus on medicine, put your head down, go study. Um, and it almost seemed like getting involved in politics and such wasn't an option. I think now that I'm in med school especially and throughout undergrad, I started learning about things that were just so unacceptable to me that I was like, 
I, I literally have to get involved. And again, throughout my medical education so far, I've just been learning that we're in such a unique position as Arab Americans to advocate for other Arab Americans, but also other minority groups, I think. And I think we have a, we're in a position to kind of form alliances with other minority groups, which is kind of what we've done at school. And I think, you know, we do have a responsibility to get involved and to make our voices heard because we, we have the knowledge and we have the resources to make a change, like Madak was saying. So I do think that the next generation will be more involved in those things, actually. I think it is uh, worth saying that uh, both of you are leaders of the Arab American Medical Association Next Gen Section, which includes uh, medical students or pre-med students uh, throughout the, the country. And um, you, your efforts are very, very appreciated by all, of, by all of us. So thank you for what you do and thank you for spending time with us today. This was the conversation at the cafe this time. Please share it, subscribe to the podcast, email your ideas and thoughts to podcasts at ArabAmericanCafe.com or connect with us on Twitter at AACafePodcasts.